Welcome to episode number 142, Emotional Breaking Points. I'm your host, Damon Soka. Now today my thoughts will be noticeably short and to the point. Sometimes there are times in life when life has a way of shortening the message. Have you ever reached an emotional breaking point? What was that moment like for you? Or perhaps moments? How did you feel? Breaking points psychologically represent those subconscious capacities built into our minds. We instinctively seem to know our emotional capacities, where we have determined by projecting the recent past into the current future that we can no longer continue fighting, working, or trying in the same way. We have exhausted our resources mentally, emotionally, and often physically, and we can feel and rationally perceive that if we continue fighting at our current level of resistance into the future, that our resources will give out. What exactly give out entirely means is not always clear to us. But there is a perception of capacity and the exhaustion of that capacity. There is in almost every case both a fear and a strange peace associated with what we might call the end of the rope. There exists a fear as to what comes after, but also a strange relief that something something will certainly come after. This idea of pushing our emotional, physical, and mental capacities to our subconscious limits would in many ways seem counterproductive to spiritual and emotional development and eventual salvation and exaltation. From a rational perspective of salvation and exaltation, giving a mortal being individual weaknesses and then pushing them to the limit of those weaknesses just feels problematic. By their nature, weaknesses cause sin or errors in judgment and capacity problems. Otherwise, they wouldn't be weaknesses. It weakens our ability to defend against temptation, while at the same time limits our offensive weapons, such as personal revelation. It is the equivalent of gearing up soldiers for battle and then systematically removing their protections against enemy fire, such as a helmet, protective glasses, and bulletproof clothing, while at the same time providing a pistol rather than a long, longer-range rifle, allowing the enemy somehow to get closer and to cause more damage. Weakness, in the sense of a war, makes very little sense. Most often war, except perhaps in our modern battles, had a great deal to do with human strength, power, and effective and efficient offensive and defensive weaponry and protections. You don't send your warriors into battle and then weaken their offensive and defensive abilities. That's a quick way to a short war where you are not the winner. So in the sense of the spiritual battle we wage here on the earth, an emotional battle we wage here on the earth, it makes no sense to purposely give weakness to your soldiers, especially during the most critical phase of the battle where the enemy has his greatest powers employed in the cause, i.e. right now before the second coming. It makes even less sense to give weakness that leads to our breaking points. Not just to weaken the spiritual soldier, as it were, as a maybe a form of strength training, but weaken to the point that the sol soldier no longer feels they can continue forward. If it is such that it doesn't make a lot of sense, then why 
does the Lord allow it to occur so often in our lives? What benefits exist in this type of emotional breaking point training that would be so valuable as to risk our salvation and exaltation? Now, everyone quickly jumps to the idea that if you want to strengthen something from muscles to faith, they both need resistance and exercise. And I support the idea of some resistance and exercise. But that's not what the Lord noted when he gave his short explanation in Ether about giving weaknesses. His words go something like this in Ether. I give unto men weakness, that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me, and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. The Lord does not state, I give unto men weaknesses, that through increased resistance they might build greater strength. While increased strength may be a beneficial side effect, the Lord does not give weakness simply to create resistance for increased strength and ability. Interestingly enough, he gives weakness to create humility. Humility in the simplest form, and in this context, is believing in, accepting, and acting upon God's will in lieu of our own. The Lord doesn't necessarily want to create resistance, although this is often a byproduct of our weaknesses. The Lord desires that we accept his will concerning our spiritual training. The Lord desires us to choose to acknowledge, accept as reality, and act according to an individual training plan he has already designed and created. He desires that we give our will to learning celestial patterns in the way that he desires, because the pathway matters as much as the destination to the Lord. Without our weaknesses, we would be likely to walk down roads that do not lead to exaltation. The Lord needs inflection points at critical phases in our lives to keep us in the path that we most need to be. More often than not, these breaking points are those moments of inflection and one of the Lord's more effective tools. Breaking points are unique in what they accomplish. Not only do they bring one down to the depths of humility, which strips away all of the reasons, excuses, and self, but they bring one to the point of examining the whole rather than just pieces. When we reach a breaking point, we find something very unique happening to our spiritual nature. We become willing to examine far more of our life, and we are willing to give up what can be referred to our sacred cows. And sacred cows are simply those thoughts, desires, passions, traditions, and habits that may be more difficult for us to examine or re-examine, discuss, and give to the Lord. Sometimes they have such they have become such a part of our traditions, personality, our lives, and our subconscious that we don't even know that we're carrying them around. And we are forced to acknowledge all of these, as we call them, sacred cows, and all of the reasons why we are keeping them sacred. Humility allows for vision where we perhaps had none, and breaks down those barriers of excuse and rationality to let some heavenly light or revelation in. Now, I personally 
have had many of these breaking points in my life, and I believe that anyone who reaches any level of maturity does. I also tend to believe that mental illness increases the severity and duration of these breaking points. What I have found is that not only do they come at critical moments in our lives, they come in degrees. For whatever reason, one breaking point is not sufficient for most of us in our lives. We need several breaking points at critical times in our lives, and we need them also to increase in difficulty. It appears that our reasons, excuses, and pride come in layers, and breaking through those layers becomes increasingly more difficult as one nears the natural core. And so our trials and weaknesses appear to increase in difficulty as we progress into the covenant path and mature spiritually. When I think about these spiritual inflection points, we refer to as breaking points in our lives, I'm reminded of their importance by a couple of, let's call them inflection points, noted by the Savior. During that last evening, before Golgotha and in the garden, the Savior struggled with a weight he had chosen to bear. He would bear and did bear the sins, all our sins, in some way we do not now fully understand. But in so doing, it stretched every capacity he possessed. And during this moment of crushing weight, <clears throat> emotional weight, the Savior cried out, as we all do, when we reach that point of breaking. And he said, let this cup pass from me. He also cried from the cross, something that we tend to say that when we reach our extremities, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Joseph Smith stated, O God, where art thou, when trapped in a desperate moment in time? Joseph's experience changed him forever, and so did the Savior's, and so did every person who at the moment of breaking and abandoning hope, they reached out to heaven in purity of soul and true intent, and asked the very same questions that Joseph and the Savior asked, O God, where art thou? While these breaking points and moments are critical to our salvation and exaltation, they come at a price and many times are not resolved in a day. They can be and are often grinding, plodding, trudging experiences where we are slowly brought down to our knees to humility and then reaching out we find that he has been waiting there all along, that there is always an angel in our private garden waiting to give us strength. There are some things about breaking points that are important to understand and consider. While the Lord will never give us a command without a pathway, the path he has chosen might just be through a breaking point. Just because the Lord states that he will guide us, strengthen us, and be before us, it doesn't mean that the path that the Lord has chosen for us might have a few moments where we simply can go no further. Being a member of the Lord's Church was never intended to be a lovely summer's walk, but more of a climb to Mount Everest, grinding, plodding, and trudging. And so even adhering to the strictest codes and rules emanating from the doctrine will never insulate us from these breaking moments. Breaking moments, for those of us who suffer, will likely have some element of suicidal thought. While the statement may seem shocking to those who do not suffer, I know that Members who suffer mental illness often have these types of thoughts. 
Most of the time they pass through the brain barely noticed, but they become more and more prominent as we get closer to that breaking point. And it may even seem as though they scream at us when we come to what we feel is breaking. What is most important about these thoughts is to do whatever is necessary to let them flow out of the brain as easily as they came in. Do not consider them some type of sin. This is the body and mind creating a signal looking for relief. The best we can do is not allow these thoughts to be sticky. Certainly, some will be stickier than others, but the one thing I have learned from the Savior and from Joseph Smith is that in breaking moments, you need to ask. <clears throat> you need to cry out. You need to reach out for that angel who strengthens and ask for help. The help will come, although not always in the way you might expect, but it will come. The Lord does not provide for the breaking moment without providing for the healing moment. May the Lord bless you as you navigate your breaking points and the change of heart that follows, and may he provide you relief and some moments of rest. Until next week, do your part so that the Lord can do his.